You are listening to Creating Phenomenal for Your Life, episode number 42, Solving Problems. This is Creating Phenomenal for Your Life. I'm your host, Dina George, MD, a lover of learning, a life and weight loss coach, and a family medicine doctor. This podcast is about mindset. What contributes to a life that thrives versus one that is stuck? We'll talk about many things, some related to coaching, some related to health, and some related to your questions, thoughts, and prompts. The ultimate goal of this podcast is to celebrate where we're at and give form to where we're going in our perfectly imperfect journey to a phenomenal life. And give high fives along the way. Thanks for being here. Welcome back. We have got a great episode today. Something everyone loves to do, right? Solve problems. I read this quote, if I had one hour to save the world, I would spend 55 minutes defining the problem and only five minutes finding the solution. That quote is attributed to Einstein, but it turns out there are no direct references and several versions of it. So somebody created it and whoever, I think they're brilliant. Today's episode is all about problem solving and it's the perfect time of the year. It's spring, a time of renewal and a time to get a fresh perspective. The greatest problem solvers that I know, they have a complex grasp of the situation. They are thinking well beyond the here and now. They take personal responsibility, distill the complex into the simple, prioritize, and communicate with unbelievable excellence. And when you ask them, they're like, oh yeah, that was easy. (laughs) I love those people. Problem solving in and of itself is not intuitive. It's not like a math problem where you just go two plus two, you've got the formula, You get the right answer every time. Yeah, no, it's complicated. There are people and emotions and there's communication and nonverbal communication. And then there's all the stuff in the past and the list goes on. Lots of stuff that actually created a problem. Sometimes things never really become a problem and it's fascinating when that occurs too, meaning that there was no emotion or no reaction to an event. Here's an example. My phone has got this capability to do video voicemail, except that it hasn't worked in the past year and I had no idea until one day when I called a couple different companies, asked for some information and anticipated their call back, which never came. So when I called each of them back, they both said, yes, of course, I left you a message with all that information. Turns out the phone had a problem. And as I researched it and learned how to access the old way of doing the voicemail, there were Lots of messages from the past year. A series of them included messages about authorities being contacted and something happening unless the phone number was contacted right away. Probably six in a row. And then they just stopped. And it was fascinating because I suppose that could have become a problem, but I didn't know about it, didn't have a reaction to it, and it ultimately it didn't matter, so it wasn't a problem. It's how we think about the circumstances that surround us That's what creates the problems. And let's go deeper. So if you Google problem solving, you're going to find all sorts of frameworks. There's a three-step system, a 12-step system, and all kinds of choices in between there. And there's similarities throughout. And here's what I think is the essence of problem solving. First, it's believing that there's a solution. That either sounds counterintuitive or overly obvious to you. Like how many times do people go into something thinking, I'm never going to figure this out. We're never going to find the answer. 
They don't want to work through it. It's too much work. Is that self-defeating or what? Like not even starting and having that thinking going into it. Even believing it's going to take a long time or be incredibly challenging, those are ways to defeat yourself before you even start. And all it does is amplify the problem. So believe that there's a solution. And then not only believe that you're going to find it, but it's going to be a lot easier than what you expected. Can you see how that takes away some of the drama, lowers the pressure, invites in curiosity? Maybe for you it invited in, right, sure, I'm going to believe that. What if you really did? What if you allowed yourself to believe not only can you figure it out, but it can be easy? It's like permission to be more creative and resourceful. And then next is becoming unbelievably clear about what the problem is. Write it out, whatever you think it is. And if there are differing views on the problem, like somebody else is involved or other people are involved, write out what they think the problem is too, because that's contributing to it. Becoming clear means going deeper. When I was deployed, I spent some time with a dentist just wanting to learn more about teeth. And here's the biggest takeaway. When there's a small crack on the outside of a tooth, there's a huge cavity on the inside. So when we first look at a problem, we get a very surface level look at it. Like we can see there's a small crack, that's the problem. But we have got to go way deeper and see what's inside of it to know what the real problem is. So some questions to ask yourself to really unravel this and look deeper. Very simple questions like why? Why that? Why does that matter? Why is that a problem? Or so what? So what that that happened? So what that you feel that way? Just continuing to ask those questions, going deeper and deeper, so that we distill down to the elements of the problem. That's my scientific speak. Here's an example. I'm upset with Rhonda. Why? Because she didn't call me. Why does that matter? Because if she cared about me, she would call. Why? Because that's what people who care about other people do. Why? That's how you show love, affection, caring, and if she cared, she would have called. So? So she doesn't care about me. We're going to stop there. Can you see? Peeling back the layers, that surface problem, one person is upset with Rhonda. But is that really the problem? Like, what do you think the real problem is? The person with the problem, they're going to tell you that their feelings are hurt and they're angry with Rhonda. But as we peel back the layers, you can see the thinking that created the problem, right? And let's sort out. There are some facts. There's really just one. Sorting through the facts can help with the clarity on the problem. So here's the fact in that scenario. Rhonda didn't call. That's it. That's the only fact. Everything else is just thinking. She doesn't care about me. She should know this is how people who care behave. I'm upset with her. And here's the real problem. The person who's upset, they have a manual on how friends behave, and Rhonda wasn't following it. So you could hear that. People who care about others do this. And if you don't do that, you don't care. So the upset person, they really measure their own value and their relationships based on how other people behave. And they probably have no idea they're doing it. So our person who's upset, The problem is that others have to be a certain way for them to think and feel that they are cared about. That's the problem. It's not Rhonda, even though she's getting all the blame. It takes time to become clear about the problem. 
So we stopped our example early, but we could go a lot deeper and find out what's really in that cavity. And the excuses come out about not having the luxury of time to sit around and think about it. But I'll tell you, it takes so much more time creating solutions that are never going to work or may work for a brief time because we're consistently looking at the surface level. So going back to our tooth analogy, if we keep trying to patch up the outside of the tooth, it may last for a while. But the issue is going to come up again. Our patch is going to disintegrate. That big cavity is going to express through in another area of the tooth. So if we want to create something greater in our life, we've got to recognize the cavity. We've got to clean it out and fill it in. And that's part of our process. I really wish I remember that colonel's name. This lesson has been so good over the past 10 years. <laughs> All right. Unbelievably clear about the problem. Asking the follow-up questions. And here's a warning. You've got to acknowledge that as you go through this exercise, either doing it yourself or with someone else, that defensiveness is going to come up, either your personal defensiveness or theirs, because we've all got these great stories that we hold on to in our lives, stories to protect ourselves, to protect our pain points, and we don't want to give them up. And going deeper means that we've got to get to those stories of loss and shame and guilt and doubt and failure and everything else because there's a component of that that is steeped into our current problem. And it's all simply about our thinking. The best news, we're the problem and we're the solution. We've got this powerful mind that is capable of doing so many things. Let's switch to another example. I've worked with clients that want to lose weight, who won't get on the scale, who see the scale as the problem because it makes them feel bad. Like it genuinely does. I'm not picking on them. And this is delicate. Like this is packed full of the feels, which means it's full of stories and emotion, like the emotions that we just explored, loss, shame, guilt, doubt, failure, everything else. Is the problem the scale though? Is it the number on the scale? Or can we go deeper to see that it's all the thoughts that are attached to the number? It's all the feelings attached to those thoughts. It's what the number represents. It's how the individual views themselves and judges themselves. And it's all wrapped up together. The hearts, the comments, the coping mechanisms, whatever else has led to this place in their life. I do beach body yoga sometimes, and Ted is one of the instructors, and he says at one point, It's tough, right? It's tough. And he says it in such a kind and compassionate way. Like, I really believe that he thinks it's tough. And it's at a time that I think it's tough too. Do you get an idea of how weight loss might be tough or if somebody achieves it and then why they might gain it right back? Because the problem is not the weight. The problem is all the stuff that created the current weight, the physical stuff, the emotional stuff, the life stuff, things that come up with your health or finances or relationships, things that occur in career and how we react or respond in parenting or taking care of aging parents. And then the way we look at ourselves and talk to ourselves, And when that stuff is addressed, the weight goals follow and the weight changes are sustainable. So it's a matter of looking deeper and not accepting that what's at the surface is really the problem. And here's the best news. When you become clear about the problem, when you see how your mind made it personal or made it into a problem in the first place, it's going to uncover the stories the expectations, 
It's going to uncover this stuff and that gives you an opportunity to work on it. That gives you the opportunity to grow and learn and get clear about what you do want. And that's the next step. How do you want to think about this? If you could have any possibility, anything, how do you want to think about it? Let's go back to our example with Rhonda. How does the person who's upset want to think about Rhonda? See her as uncaring or hurtful? Or how about lovable? How about someone who's an awesome person to have as a friend? Anything is possible. If they want to see Rhonda as caring and hurtful, there's really no solution. They're going to stay stuck in that problem and they're going to wait for Rhonda to change. And here's a spoiler alert. She's not changing. If they want to see her as someone who's lovable and an awesome person to have as a friend, wow, do you start to see that maybe some solutions are opening up? It's going to take honesty and courage. Shifting over to our example about the scale, how does somebody want to see the scale? Is it as the enemy? If so, there's going to be no solution. Is it that that's simply reflecting a number and the number isn't our value? It's just a number that's going to be opening up to find solutions. Let's look at where we've been. We talked about believing there is a solution, believing it can be easy, becoming unbelievably clear on what the real problem is, going way deeper than the surface, and then deciding what you want. If anything is possible, here's the critical piece, allowing yourself to really see what's possible when you decide what you want. Allow it to be anything is possible. And then we can move on. When you decide what it is you want, the next step is to look at the difference between where you're at at this moment and what you want. Let's go back to our upset person. They want a loving and supportive friendship with Rhonda. And for that to be achieved, it requires identifying the real problem, the expectations and the manual, right? The upset person has to realize the reaction that they've been carrying or how they've been addressing Rhonda when she didn't follow the manual. It's determining what loving and supportive looks like and then seeing what the current behavior is doing because it's just the opposite and it has to be let go of. It's neither loving nor supportive. So this step is all about looking at how we've created or contributed to the problem and how that's not working. We've got to be clear about the thoughts and the feelings that are perpetuating the problem. The upset person going back to how Rhonda should be, that will perpetuate the problem. Clearing that out and getting to a place of Rhonda should just be herself. Wow, that's going to open up possibilities. This step requires taking responsibility for our thinking, our expectations, the drama we've created from the scarcity we feel, from the fear and the doubt and everything else that's present, full responsibility, and then being in charge of how we think or how we look at something or how we react or how we respond and intentionally deciding, liking our reasons for doing so, letting go of the past and stop reliving it, stop allowing it to play out over and over again. Then we can move on and finally see the solutions. For our example with Rhonda, the problem is the person needed Rhonda to behave a certain way for them to feel cared about. 
They needed her to be different. Taking full responsibility, like seeing how that behavior both created the problem and pushed her away, that's essential. The clarity comes from realizing what the underlying goals are, a loving and connected friendship and being honest with that, and then being vulnerable about that, meaning not controlling Rhonda's behavior. And then inquiring, is this something Rhonda wants too? If so, create it. If not, if Rhonda has no interest, then there's freedom to move on with clarity. It's just not a match. No wonder it wasn't working. There's no reason to be upset. And it's great to acknowledge this now, move on and be free. It's tough, right? All the emotions, the feels, the thoughts, the past. It's tough. But you can do tough. I know you can. Full responsibility for who I am, how I've contributed, what this created, the thoughts and the stories, and being willing to let go, being willing to write something new, and shifting to what we do want, what we're willing to do for it or about it, what we're willing to change on our inside, to challenge ourselves and how that looks and to let go of so that we can create our best life. And when we do that, the solutions appear. What's possible for the future, it appears. And that's magic. It's also sustainable. It's kind of like filling in our cavity with something solid and enduring. Solving problems. Investing so heavily in understanding the real problem going so much deeper than the surface level that was presented, taking ownership, being willing to learn, grow, work on our own pain points, clarifying the road ahead, and then moving there with the right people, tools, and resources. And that is freedom. That is sustainable. That is a problem that was both created and solved. Most people aren't doing it. It is so much easier to sit around and vent because people will listen and they will stay stuck right with us. But be different. Be phenomenal. High five, all my best. I will see you next time. Are you ready for coaching? Ready for more in your life? Want to see what's possible? Then message me at Facebook, Dina George MD Coaching. I look forward to hearing from you.